The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Let's go! Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on One on One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, one-on-one showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Wednesday, November 9th, 2022. Listeners, please welcome a fan-favorite porn star making a comeback, Ricky Decker. How are you doing, Ricky? Excellent. How are you? I am wonderful. It's great to have you on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Fantastic. Well, let's jump into it. Let's start off by getting some of your physical stats. What's your height and weight? 5'11", 190, 190, flirting with 190. What's your zodiac sign? Cancer. What's your ethnic background? Colombian. And how old are you? 34. All right. So let's get into it. You have been away from the adult industry for a moment. So let's actually talk about that. You sort of vanished. Uh, How long have you been gone? And uh, what led to your decision to leave uh, the industry? Did you leave? Like, was it an official, you know, Ricky Decker is retiring from porn? Or was it a hiatus that maybe got extended beyond what you had anticipated yeah it was uh at the time i i believe i had made an initial like conscientious decision to step away from you know public um i guess you could say porn because porn is public you know it's it's you make it and then you release your your right you waive your rights to it and you sign it over to the studio and return for a check i mean that's the essence of it and uh, I had made that decision to to throw the towel in for the majority of that from about 2000, ooh, 2016 or so till I'd say I really honestly resurfaced again around 2020, 2021. I can't really nail it down. Uh, and at the time, it was a decision, yeah, on, of my own. I wanted to be less public and more private. Uh, I still was heavily involved in private companionship and some webcamming and things that are very, you know, more more of a more of a private type nature. Uh, the public was. I felt like I had made. I don't know if I had to put my 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 money on it probably 20 to 30 videos with some big name studios and i felt like that was enough to create a a recognition and a kind of a brand a following and i was just going to take that and walk with it so yeah at the time it was definitely a a conscientious decision nothing i was doing well too it, it wasn't an issue or a controversy or something i was running from and i could say that with full honesty it was more of just a personal preference to be more private okay that's interesting yeah and that that makes sense completely so before you left how long had you been in the business yeah i think well it had it couldn't have been earlier than 2013 
Okay, mm-hmm. I was when I debuted with Sean Cody uh, at a very young 24, 25, depending on when you when you mark it. Uh, so that would have been three years. And you know what? That that feels about right. It was like a very short but intense burst of adult filmmaking that I was in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. At, uh, there was a good demand, and I tried to get in as much of it as I could, um, worked with as many studios that we could come to agreements with in terms of terms and, 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 and compensation and uh, agreements and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah, and then with some of the bigger name studios in the gay adult industry. Yeah, I'm very fortunate to have had kind of good guidance and direction. At no point was I kind of uh, freelancing on my own. I was getting good representation and uh, good referral and all that. So, you know, I got in pretty with pretty good with with pretty I, I got I, I was able to get pretty good presence in a short period of time. You mentioned your your very first scene, the one with Sean Cody. How exactly did you connect with the studio? How did you get into the business? Was it an intentional thing? Were you did you was it as simple as just filling out a form on the studio site, or uh, did you did you get recruited? Did you get found on social media? How exactly did you make those steps into the business? It was a recruitment thing for sure. I was definitely recruited. Um, I was fresh out of the Navy in San Diego, and um, I had started to um, just not really apply for anything specific, but I had started to create like basically a model type portfolio that, you know, hungry models will do um, and um, started just kind of sending it out, you know, at the time. There wasn't a whole lot of social media. I mean, it, there it existed, but it wasn't very big. It was still, I, I feel like still these uh, these talent scouts that are out there swarming around all the time, they're still basically looking through um, like, like uh, websites like, you know, Model Mayhem or, you know, um, even some back pages on, on Craigslist or Sexy Jobs or whatever. Uh, and um, they're basically just searching for talent. Um, and so some talent scout in the Southern California area got a hold of me and they were affiliated with some of the SoCal studios. And, um, I actually, um, went in and met with uh, a straight site and, uh, a gay site. And, uh, little did I know that the gay site was one of the biggest in the industry, Sean Cody. And what they offered was way more than what the straight site was going to offer. So uh, it was all the same to me. It, it wasn't, I never did it for the love or the, the passion or the pleasure of it all. I was X's and O's from the beginning. So I went with who was going to pay me more. And so I um, told at that interview with Sean Cody, where they had me in there, they explained it all to me. And I said, I think start out with a solo would be great. And we, it, it all just started from there. They had me in for a solo and, it went well, and then they gave me some time to think if I wanted to do a gay scene. Uh, you know, I hadn't ever done anything with a man ever in my entire life before then. I had lived a very, very just normal, mainstream kind of life. So it took a little bit of thinking for me to decide if I, if it was something I wanted to do. And ultimately, 
I did decide that I would I would go ahead and proceed with it. So I did. And that decision was totally up to me. They honestly, they didn't pressure me at all. They gave, they, they gave, well, they, I mean, they were only going to do one kind of filming anyway, you know, but they said, you can, if, if you'd like to do it, we'd, we'd be glad. We'll compensate you very well. We pay top of the line. And if you don't, no worries at all. You can just do a solo and shake our hands and, and carry on with your life. So that started that. So before you got approached, was porn something that you had ever thought about as, as something you wanted to experience or even in an, an, an industry that you might be interested in working in? Yeah, absolutely not. No, no, absolutely not. And, you know, I wonder to this day if I had clearly going into porn and exposing myself to it, I, it was me really taking the the first bidder in the uh, entertainment industry, the first bidder to uh, offer me some bread, you know, and uh, I took it. Um, one, because I really didn't have any sort of job lined up post-military. Um, but if you would ask me up until the day I left the military, I mean, and became a civilian, if you would ask me, what do you see yourself doing? I mean, the day I left my command... There is no way in hell I would have ever said that I can see myself being an adult film star. I mean, it, the thought never even occurred to me. It wasn't until I started getting contacted by, by a couple sites and feeling that strong interest that they had, that they saw something in me, that I was a product that they could promote and ultimately make money off of. I mean, that's kind of what it is, you know? And work with that the thought then occurred to me oh maybe that is something that i can do i had never thought of myself as some sort of a, adult performer or adult anything really i was always a very clean-cut mainstream kind of you know very public live like the public kind of spotlight type kid i had never thought of myself as doing something that's kind of underworld kind of um taboo or discreet or you know uh what all the connotations that come along with the adult industry no that's interesting so once you got approached i mean you know you looked at the numbers you signed the dotted line and that's how you became ricky decker i wonder to this day if i had held out and maybe signed with some sort of agent that maybe does reality tv or or promotional modeling, or fitness modeling, or fashion. Well, I'm not. I'm not really tall enough for fashion. But five eleven, like I said, most fashion models are well over six foot. But still, though, you know, some of some some sort of advertisements, you know, um, or maybe overseas um, television, you know, um, some sort of other forms of that. I wonder where I would be, you know, uh, if I had uh, just held out and maybe tried to. Uh, you know, search a little harder for what other opportunities in the entertainment world would have been uh, made available to me. But I, I took the first bite, and that was adult. So, um, you know, they. I remember being told early, early on that if I were to go deep into the adult world, there's no getting out. It's very rare for someone to make a presence in the adult world and then somehow 
make an even bigger presence or move on or have success or fame in another form of, of entertainment. It's just, it's just very rare, if not almost impossible. So I kind of sealed my fate there going for the first, that first piece of bait, basically. I hear what you're saying, but we're living in a post 2020 world. I think nowadays it's very different than what you were told when you first entered. I completely agree that when you first entered, it was still incredibly much more taboo in the mainstream entertainment side. And, and yes, there were very rare exceptions that could do the crossover thing. But nowadays, I feel like, especially with, you know, not to say that reality TV exploded just a couple years ago, but because reality TV has continued to to make such an explosion, and uh, with also the um, you know the the means of like all of these different streaming websites that are always continuously creating content, I think there's way more opportunities now for crossover stars from adult to mainstream today so if you do still have those aspirations i wouldn't sell yourself short and think that you know they are that out of reach for you i appreciate that you know and you might very well be right you might very well be right i am quite a bit older now you know and with age in this industry it's 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 pretty cruel <laughs> when it comes to uh getting older there's I, I, I joke around, you know, in, in a lot of lines of work with age and seniority come, um, you know, job security and uh, an increase in pay. Well, in, in entertainment, it usually is inverse. It's the opposite. Um, the amateur, the fresh face, the nobody, the newbie, the discovery, you know, usually can demand the most. And as, as, you, as you become old news, your opportunities are less and less. And uh, that's you know, one of the reasons why I've, and we'll get to it later, why I've, you know, changed my approach to it all. But yeah, I, you know, times do change. Times definitely change. Yes, absolutely. So uh, my next question for you is why the name Ricky Decker? How did the name Ricky Decker come about? Well, so my first name that I ever performed under was Arthur. That was with Sean Cody. Now they do one name. They do one liner, one like one dinger names. They don't do your name can't have two words in it, and you also don't get any say in what your name is. I would have never pegged myself as an Arthur. Um, you get you get a you get assigned a name, and um, so that was never gonna. So once I was done working with them, that was never gonna fly. Uh, and I had a manager at the time. His name was Butch. And he, um, Bruce, but, you know, he, he went by Butch. And he had, he was the one who I think he set me up with my very next studio through his connections, which was the Falcon Studios. And he had told me that if I wasn't going to go with Arthur, then I would, well, I definitely wouldn't, didn't want to go with Arthur because that kind of belonged to Sean Cody, that I would need to come up with a new name. And, um, gave me some time to think about it, and he had uh, one of my, well, I can't really say who came up with Ricky, but it started out with Ricky. I think it was him. I think he had asked me if it was okay if he advertised me under the name Ricky. He felt like that was a fit. I was a, a Ricky kind of guy. 
And I said, yeah, that's fine. I like it. Kind of, kind of, kind of catchy, you know, kind of casual. And um, nicknamey, like kind of like the guy next door, Ricky, you know. And um, I had a friend, uh, I had a good friend who I would spend, uh, spend some time with at his house hanging out. He, he also was my photographer early on. He took a lot of my photos for my, for my rent man and for my Twitter and, and whatnot. And uh, he had said that a lot of people in the, a lot of models in the, in the mainstream porn world have, have two names, like a first, and a, a first name and a last name. And uh, he, he came up with Decker. He said, Ricky Decker, that, that's, a, that's a nice little ring to it. And I said, okay, so there you go. There, the, I, I, I do want to say, I think my name came from two different sources, just sandwiched together. One thought of Ricky, and the other one thought of Decker. And it worked, clearly. It worked, yeah. And once you get a name, you want to keep it. You don't, it's, it's known in the industry, you don't want to be known as someone who changes their name very much. You want to, uh, yeah. you want to try and keep it, yeah. And some people it's don't tough. seem to learn that lesson. But no, it's okay. <laughs> it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it does little to no good at all. Yeah, especially okay. nowadays with social media. Just own it. Yeah, just own it from mm-hmm. hell and high water. Own your brand. That's you. You built it. That's the name that you used, you know, so. Totally. So, okay, we've been talking about your departure. We've been talking about how you got into the business. What brought upon your return to the industry? <clears throat> so, um, it's interesting. Um Let's see. I so I've lived in Arizona for about seven years. So, you know, when I moved out here, that was definitely during the interim period of of no um, adult public adult work. Um, while here, though, in like 2019 or so, I linked up with a agent recruiter who lives out here. His name is Sean. And, uh, he, he ran a, um, a modeling agency called Sinner and Saint Models. And he was one of the original people. Remember, we joke about, we're friends now. We actually live like five minutes from each other. Um, he was one of the original recruiters that contacted me back in 2013. He had said he was just getting started in the, uh, he was never a model himself, but in the, in the scout recruiting and scouting world. And I was just getting, I was brand spanking new in the talent world. And I was one of the first prospects that he saw and contacted and tried to sign. Ultimately we didn't sign because I ended up signing exclusive with Sean Cody. So once you sign exclusive with a a studio like that, I mean, from an agent's perspective, there's very little to no business they can make off of it um, because that studio owns your rights for a year. Um, I think he spotted me one time at a bar, just out and about in Phoenix, and then saw, probably looked me up on Twitter or one of the escort sites saw that I was, uh, you know, based here. And said, hey, um, I don't know if you remember me. I was one of the first person to people to contact you a long time ago and 
Uh, if you're interested in, in, in getting back in the industry, let me know. And I met with him. We filmed a peep show together uh, or two. And he was a cool dude. Um, he was a cool dude. Kind of fit my vibe of someone that I would like to maybe work closely with. And he, he kind of convinced me into saying and basically saying, look, if you care to do any more porn work, you know, I can get you porn work. And since we're friends now, I'm not going to charge you a thing. I basically would just get my, he would basically, so, so normally for, for most talent that he finds, he's getting, yeah, he makes a good, good bit of money doing what he does. He gets a finder's fee from the studio, and then he also gets a commission from the model's check. So he's like, he's got a two-prong revenue stream for every every scene that he sets up or he, 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 he represents as an agent. So he was going to basically leave out the commission part for my check, and he was just going to get whatever finder fee he gets from whatever studios he, he works with. So 2019, we talked about it, we flirted with it, but... Nothing really came, other than these small little peep shows, nothing really formed. Uh, and then flash forward to about 2021, I think. Yeah, 2021. Um, he, we revisited the idea of it. And um, I also, that was also when I moved about five minutes down the street from him, unknowingly. and. Um, he he set me up with uh, I think two websites theguysite.com that was one of the sites he has he does a lot of business with and then with Edward James out in Atlanta he's a big porn guy he shoots for he used to shoot for men that was that was how he knew he shot, he filmed a couple scenes of me and for men.com back in the day now he films, he does interracial, I think he does straight, he does bi, he does kink, uh, Edward James. He he's he has connections with Edward James, Sean had connections with Edward James, and he got me out there. So 2021, he got me out to Atlanta to meet with, Ed, with James, and then he got me out to Tampa in L.A. to shoot for the guy site. With uh, I mean, that, that, The guy who owns that site, his name is Bill. And um, basically, the agreement was that I really wasn't going to go elsewhere to find any work. I was just going to get whatever work Sean gets me. And, and in return, he um, was not going to collect a commission off of me. So uh, that's kind of how it sits. Technically, that's how it sits up to now. So 221, 22, yeah, about the past two years or so, two years or less, uh, you can accredit Sean from Sinner and St. Models for um, getting me back out there on the surface. Somewhat. Somewhat, yes. We're going to talk about exactly what you're currently doing in a moment. But before we get into that, I want to get your take on the industry. As someone who is in the game and really, you know, dove into the, like, the deep end of the pool when you entered, because as we discussed, you work with some of the bigger studios, and then, you know, you left with the intention of leaving, and now you're back and actively working, creating your own stuff at the moment uh, via OnlyFans. We will be talking about that 
momentarily, but uh, you did return, and things are a little different in the industry. What's your take on how things have changed? Things are very different. Um, it's worlds different. Um, it's still the same. I mean, it's still the same big names doing big things. Uh, I'll give you that. There has been certain websites have been bought out by others. Um, Song Cody, one of them. Uh, so with the change of ownership, uh, any I mean, when you talk about any kind of franchise or industry, I mean, when ownerships, Amazon bought Whole Foods, you know, uh, when one, an owner buys a sports franchise or when a, you know, industry conglomerate model buys two or three entertainment studios, the things just change, you know, things change. So, wow. Um, well, uh, model compensation has gone down um, per, per average. That's for sure. Uh, the I guess I'd say the sheer volume of adult filming that's going on, like the budgets of these studios has gone down. It's an industry that's basically sliding in a negative direction. It's definitely, I would say, it's had its heyday, and that's come and passed. Uh, I still think now, I mean, if you're young and fresh and haven't really been, like, I hate to use the term run through, you know, very much. Yeah, you could still probably do well, you know, make 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 the most out of that 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 early window that you have, you know, before it gets too filled up or or, or, or tainted. Um, but um, other than short of that, I mean, for for veterans and and and. Uh, Known, known commodity, known household commodities like me. Yeah, the options are, are are limited now. I mean, it's just, and it's not, it's nothing really against your person. You could be great, you could be everything, but I mean, unless you've got some huge, massive following, you know, that you developed that 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 you know, they could a studio could just take you in there and know, all right, well, we're gonna make at least about this amount of money off this guy because he's just bringing in this massive following. If you're just kind of a middle of the pack or lesser-known guy, you know, or even decently followed guy, and you're trying to get back in after years have gone by, and you've already taken, you've already been run through a little bit. Yeah, it's just they just don't have the budget or the amount of, of volume available to fit you in anymore. And that, I, I'm no expert, but I would say that's the emergence of free porn. Uh, the emergence of apps like Scruff and Grinder, uh, and whatever else is out there these days, these kids are using, and uh, the uh, I mean, and, and the newest I guess assault on it would just definitely be the emergence of OnlyFans, and just how successful that's that's allowing models to really kind of call their own shots and do things on their own terms. So uh, you put all of that together. These just they were not as prominent of powers back when I was when I was doing it, and even before me, um, when it was really peaking, when it was kind of in its heyday. So times are changing, and they're shifting away from that pure old-fashioned studio type, sign an exclusive contract or or not and freelance. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's shifting away from that for sure. 
there has been a, a big shift in the industry. Uh, whether it's a good or a bad thing, I guess we'll have to stay tuned in regards to that. Uh, so, okay. We mentioned, or I should say you mentioned, that when you returned, you did do a couple of scenes for, you know, some of the bigger websites and the studios and that sort of thing. Is that something you're planning on doing more of at some point during this return? Or uh, is, because uh, we're slowly starting to shift, shift into a conversation about your OnlyFans, is OnlyFans currently your focus? Or do you see yourself wanting to work with some of the studios as well since you are now officially back and uh, filming more content? Yeah, uh, so when it comes to talk, coming to the shift, uh, I, I've talked extensively about this with Sean. And a little bit with Edward James, too, uh, about how, what my expect, because I have, if I'm going to do this at my, at this point in my life, you know, and I don't have a whole lot of time left in this industry, you know, as I get older, um, and I've got to inevitably move on with my life and create some sort of career for myself, you know, elsewhere. Um, but, um, that being said, I'm here now and I'm doing this. I wouldn't be doing this interview if I wasn't balls deep in, 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 in at least in, at least in my mind, you know, balls deep in, in, in what I do and what I've been doing now for eight years. So that being said, I have had extensive conversations with people who talk to a lot of models who've been doing this longer. And it's basically, I mean, the consensus is that for someone like me who has a following, who has a fan base, who is experienced and comfortable working with anyone at any time, anywhere, um, OnlyFans is definitely the way to go. But it is not an easy, it's not an easy go. It is a lot of work. It's a lot of work because you don't have a studio. You don't have a guaranteed paycheck. You don't have some LLC or some, some, some entity basically guaranteeing you, writing you a, a check and guaranteeing it for you, signing you to exclusive contracts, you know, promoting you, getting you into uh, events, pride parades, strip clubs, go-go dancing, whatever, you know, uh, uh, award shows, things like that. It's on you, you know, it's on you to really get, promote your product and make as much content as possible and try and be as creative as possible to keep people continuously coming to your page and subscribing and purchasing. It's a subscription-based thing. Just like it was for the studios trying to find subscribers to, to watch all the new content that they put out every month. You're basically running your running a site, and you need subscribers to stick to your page. When there's so much competition out there, uh, that why should they follow you? So the shift is definitely towards OnlyFans now. Um, if Sean or any producers he works with, if he if he can find me work with a studio that is willing to film me for a price that I like. Uh, terms that I, I find favorable to me, knowing that I am that I am working, that I am making myself available for um, appearing uh, elsewhere on the internet, 
um, and what have you, then yeah, I would, I'd take it. I have no, no opposition to it whatsoever. It's just, it's, that's nowadays becoming a tall order and it's few and far between that these studios can, can fit me into their, their plans. So that's just the reality. So I have to go ahead and I have to adjust. And I think that it took a while. It took a couple years, uh, like I said, from when I, in 21, when I came back till now, you know, uh, to accept that, okay, this is what it's going to have to be. I never liked the idea of OnlyFans, uh, but it's, it, it's, it's, what, it's probably what my near-term future is going to have to be because the, the old-fashioned studio work just isn't quite cutting it anymore. So it took a while. I had to swallow that pill and uh, accept it. So I like to think that I've come to terms with that now. And uh, I think that I can see however much longer I'm involved in this industry, it's going to have to be heavily um, creator-based and not studio-based. Well, let's talk about this new creator world that you are diving deep into. Let's talk about your OnlyFans. How long have you been a content creator? Did you start immediately once you made your return? And uh, what type of content can the listeners expect to see on your OnlyFans? Absolutely. I, yeah, I, I created one. I got, I, I got the creating of the OnlyFans step out out of the out of the way a long time ago um i just didn't do jack squat on it for a long time either i didn't believe in it i didn't like the idea of it i didn't like the idea of having to travel all around and film with all these strange models that i don't know and not get paid for it just i didn't like the idea of it i didn't like the idea of having to rack up all this content and just take all that energy and 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 focus and, and time to maybe one day make a profit off of it. That's the essence of it. There is no immediate, here's your, here's some money for your time. I mean, it's rare, you know? Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I'd like to think that as of, I'd say the past two months or so, three months, I've really spruced it up. When I came to terms with it and I agreed that Sean would manage my only fans and, and James, he would he he would get me with some 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 big name models that would really help uh, just direct traffic to my page, you know, um, and and make like studio quality um, content, um, not just kind of homemade content that's shot on a camera phone. I mean, viewers can tell the difference. So the past three months, it's been spruced up. And I have been filming and uh, waiting for the content to release. I've also done a lot of solo content. So I would, I want to say that I'm at this point in time, I'm using my, my OnlyFans to be like daily, uh, be in touch with Ricky type interaction, see what he does throughout the day, little nuanced things um, that can be kind of playful and sexy and kind of, um, give you a little little tease, a little show of what I am, but no, don't give you too much for free, you know, because you know there's a price tag on everything. And uh, but I, I really I think it's important that I engage daily on my OnlyFans and on my Twitter, 
And uh, I found that the more I do that, slowly but surely, the following, the subscribers increase. If you sit back and do nothing, subscribers seem to disappear. So you want to be posting daily. You want to, and if it's solo stuff, just you and your camera, that's fine. And you always want to be on the lookout to find new models and fresh ideas. I actually have, I have, I have a friend of, uh, who, another OnlyFans creator, he's coming over probably in a couple hours. We're going to bang on some content today, um, which is ironic. Uh, I'm not quite sure what it is. I, I kind of thinking of doing like a kind of like a bro scene, two guys watching football with some boners and one thing leads to another dicks come out, you know, things like that. Um, and also I do plan on getting out to Atlanta this month, uh, to meet with Ed and he's, his, his big guy is Johnny rabbits. Um, it was huge. Uh, and, um, filming with Johnny Rapids, you know, studio quality filming, uh, and then getting produced by Edward James and getting, getting promoted and sold. Uh, that would be huge too. So yeah. Um, Sean gets me some good local con, good local models and he gets me in touch with Edward James. Uh, he's really good. Sean's really good at, at, at finding talent. Um, and then he'll, he'll film it too. If no one else can film it and he'll edit it. He's, he's really good at that too. And Edward James, I mean, he runs like a, he runs a great gig out there in Atlanta, um, or wherever he is at the time. And, um, he, he's, they're, they're good. They're good people to know. They're good people to kind of get this going. Cause what I need right now is I need the only fans to really launch from something that's kind of, eh, you've got, you know, you got some followers in your pocket to, boom, you want to get to the point where you don't even need to charge a subscription. You know, you can, you can let people in for free, follow, let them follow your page. And then anything you make, anything you release, okay, this is going to be X number of dollars. That's going to be that number of dollars. You know, that's really what like the big name, like Mia Khalifa's and, you know, some of the girls out there that are just making six figures, you know, out there, they don't charge anything to follow their page. They want as much traffic as they can get onto their page. They start, they charge for every little piece of content they make. So, you know, right now I'm charging uh, a subscription to my page so that I can build revenue and build, build a, a, a nice size subscriber following. Once you hit a certain amount, you don't need to charge anything anymore. Um, once you become kind of, you know, certified and legit and, and you can see that people are going to follow you, people are going to pay. It's like kind of, it's kind of that initial, like proving it to yourself. Like, okay, if, if I've got so many people subscribing monthly just to see what I make, that should mean that people will follow for free and probably pay for new content. It just, it kind of, it kind of transfers over. You want to first prove to yourself that you can get people to just even give a fuck about, <laughs> about what you got going on. If you can't even nail that, then you're never going to make anything just by selling content every day. So it's kind of like a, a process, and I'm in that process, and I do aspire to get to kind of the next level 
where subscription is free and content costs money as opposed to subscription costs money, but, you know, 80% of my content is free. So I look forward to making that switch. Definitely. I mean, it certainly is the dream when it comes to being an OnlyFans content creator. So talking about the dream and getting to that point, how often do you update your OnlyFans? How often uh, can uh, the listeners, those that end up subscribing, can they expect new content from you? Yeah, you're going to see if, if, it, if it's pure content. I mean, if if you really just want to kind of get to know me better and see me candidly and um, raw and the, who I really am, you, you'll see content every day. I mean, there'll be content every day, whether it's videos or photos. Uh, it'll be, there'll be content every day. In terms of duo scenes or, or three-way scenes or sexual or sex scenes, basically, that I'd like to I'd, I'd like to be able to release content every week. It all purely depends on how often I can find other other models because it has to be other OnlyFans creators and um, like stuff with guys, stuff with girls, you know, buy scenes, you know, uh, three way scenes. So, and then it takes a little bit of time to process it and edit it and release it. So. That's not every day. That would, I mean, if I did that every day, that would be very exhausting. Um, because you got to admit, you got to let people's schedules line up and you need, if there's any travel involved, that needs to happen. So I would say raw, solo, kind of get intimate with Ricky type content will be every day. The, uh, the juicier stuff that's at this time would be for sale or teased for free. That would be weekly or every one to two weeks, I would say, new stuff coming out. What type of content do you plan on adding in the future to your OnlyFans? You know, scrolling through, you know, the content that you currently have, as you mentioned, you know, you have some gay content, you have some straight content, you have solo content. Uh, what type of content that you currently don't showcase as much or, or don't film uh, do you plan on incorporating into this original content that you're making? Yeah, I'd like to um, definitely continue on with the gay content, the straight content, the bi content. Um, and I think I've got the resources to do it. It's a, it's a process, you know, but I think I've got the resources to do it. And, uh, and, I'm, and I'm ready and eager to continue on with what I am making right now. Um, as far as specifically what kind of content, I mean, it's going to change all the time. I'm going to try and be as creative and innovative as possible, trying to come up with new, edgy concepts to keep people engaged, really. And I'll always tease something before I release it so you know and describe it, too, so you know what you're getting exactly. Uh, transparency. I've always prided myself on transparency. So other than that, uh, I do – I am going to be – so when I, I am going to be filming with Streamate, um, I think about 10 to 12 hours a week. 
Uh, that's a, that's a, a webcamming service. I'm actually getting paid hourly to do it because I'm one of their beta test models. So they're basically just guaranteeing me and the other beta test models like a uh, a minimum hourly wage for our time. And uh, a lot of that I plan on setting up a second camera and filming it. So whether it's anal play, dick play, role playing, whatever it is, I'm going to film it on the side too. And I'm going to get permission to uh, – because – Edward James is the one who's going to be adminning that. That's how I got in. Edward James is hooking me up. And uh, we're going to take that, and we're going to also run that through OnlyFans as well. So for people who don't do StreamAid or maybe webcamming isn't their thing, they'll still be able to see that, that content of me. It's going to be – it would be either me or it would be me with this other local model that's also a beta test, beta test guy. Um, so it would be either me or it would be Guy Guy. Uh, and that's going to be also run through OnlyFans as well. Awesome. Very cool. Okay. So uh, how would you describe, I'm curious to ask, how would you describe your style of sex? How would you describe your style of fucking? Well, I mean, I am first. I think that uh, I am more of a, uh, you know, I'm more of a, more of a, take charge kind of dominant in bed kind of guy. Um, uh, you know, I, whether it's with man, a man or a woman, I, you know, I, I still, I, I think it's in my nature to, to like to be in control. Um, I am available for, for bottoming or submissive roles. Doesn't really bring me any type of pleasure whatsoever. It hurts, <laughs> but I will do it, you know, I'll do it for the right price, I'll do it for the right situation or scenario, but I would say, yeah, sexually, I'm more of a, a, a dominant guy, I like, I like partners that are soft, softer in feature, you know, soft skin, you know, I guess more of a submissive type role, yeah, that's probably, I'll feel more natural in that kind of scenario. Are there any performers that you are looking forward to working with? Uh, I know that you mentioned Johnny Rapid and that sort of thing, uh, but outside of him, are there any other performers in the industry that you are interested in uh, creating original content with, or are you sort of just open to uh, kind of anything that comes your way? Yeah, no, I would definitely say I don't really like I never really like to get eager or excited to work with any models. I've always really it's always been really important that I kept this as basically objective as possible, you know, um, just a pure businessman mentality that any that most anyone is available, you know, um, I don't really do trans stuff. Uh, that's just my personal preference, but, um, you know, whether it's man, woman, uh, I big name, little name, no name. And I've done, I, I mean, I've worked everything from, yeah, like, like the Johnny Rapids of the world to, I've literally been paired with people who have never done a scene in their life ever. <laughs> it doesn't go very well, but, um, you know, it, it's happened. So, um, yeah, I, I really, I, I, uh, 
I'm excited. I honestly, I would say, if anything, I would. It's not so much about the model. I am excited to do buy work. I really want. We did a little buy work uh, earlier in the year with Edward James, and uh, he had he he owns the con- he owns the rights to that content. Um, so I don't know if I'll ever be able to release it myself, um, or he may just recycle it and release it. You know, um, when he kind of takes control of my OnlyFans eventually. Um, but uh, I, I'm, 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 in, I'm excited to do more buy content. I like the presence of a woman there. It really, really turns me on. It gets me, it gets me more. I think that I'm a little bit more, a little bit more ferocious in the scene, you know, when there is a female present than when it's just all guy, 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 guy. You know, it's kind of like, okay, this is boring. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say I'm excited for that. But in terms of the actual models, yeah, no, I've always been extremely objective. I don't like to get into the business of, ooh, I want to film with this person. Ooh, ooh, I can't wait to know. No, no everyone's welcome. Uh, you know, I try and keep myself as available as possible and work with as many different models as possible, uh, as long as they're respectful and professional, too. That's what matters to me. I don't care about looks. I don't have types. I don't have any of that. Um, I don't even really care about followings, you know, um, because I have a decent following. I I really care about how easy, how well do you work, how well do I work together with this person? And um, sometimes you just don't know until you try, to be honest with you. Are there any performers in the industry whose career trajectory you look up to and inspire you in what you're trying to do? Let me think about that. Yeah, I would say I always I always looked up to, uh, I remember Ryan Rose back in the day. I looked up to him. Johnny V. Um, Derek Atlas. Uh, Johnny Rapid. Um, Colby Jansen. Uh, I looked up to them because I kind of, you know, I, I, I worked uh, all those I, I worked with at some point in my, uh, in my porn career, but uh, they were too, they were able to, and, and I never saw them as like any of them were, I mean, they're, they're all great, you know, extremely talented, gifted individuals. Uh, and they're all different in, in different ways, but um we kind of came from the same class, I guess you could say, same porn class, same same era, you know. And uh, some of them I don't know how they're doing anymore. I've lost touch with them. Some of them I know they're still involved and they're still doing great. So uh, those are definitely people I, I would look up to. I'm I don't really I'm not very familiar with the new people, the new fresh fresh blood. Um, but from my era of it, yeah, those were the problem. If you ask me right now, those people that definitely stand out in my mind. So next up is a question that I'm sure a lot of your hardcore fans might be curious to know. How much is Ricky Decker packing? How much is Ricky Decker packing? Wow. Well, I'll say this. It, on a good day, I eat my Wheaties, to take my vitamins. It uh, it packs a uh, a very thick and straightly, beautifully erect, uh, eight inches or above. Um, I would say it's that's a that's a pretty good 
decent size. Um, and, uh, I probably say I've probably always been known for my, my, uh, surprisingly, uh, surprisingly girthy width. And, uh, that I like to leave open for guesses, but I can, I can stand erect at eight inches for sure. In your personal life, what's your favorite sexual position? I like to fuck. Uh, I don't like to be ridden. I don't like to be rode, ride, ridden. I don't like riding. I like, I like doggy. I like kind of getting up on, on my feet, squatting down, finding the hole, drilling it. And uh, using that kind of leverage where I'm kind of, I'm inside, I'm inside the, the sweet spot. But I, I also, since I'm up on my feet, I can reach over and grab some breasts or some chest or neck, hair, whatever it is, um, and really get not only dick that's simulating my partner, but hands touch as well. So that would probably be my, my go-to. Sometimes it feels so good that I have to uh, focus on not coming because um, I don't know. It's just, I think it's just so much sensual interaction, even for me, just so much. Because my, my love language is touch. So, so my dick is getting friction, but my hands and my, my smell, and it's all just feeling all that, all that soft skin and, and um, attractiveness that I'm just enveloping into my body, you know, through my hands and, and, and senses. Uh, it's like a double whammy. So, yeah, I've, 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 I've come a little too quick sometimes in the past when I'm in that position. So, uh, but, I, yeah, I've got to say that, that that position just does it for me. It really does. Just liking to be above and wa- looking down below, like Xerxes almost. Uh, yeah, kind of like a, there's a 300 reference for you, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, since you mentioned it, speaking of loads, how do you maintain a consistent load for the cum shot in a scene? How do you prepare for that? You know, because that is a big moment in, uh, you know, in porn, you know, whether you're doing solo content or hardcore content how do you prepare for the cum shot yes that's easy well it's not well (laughs) put it this way the cum shot's the easiest part compared to all the work that goes into the rest of the scene trust me when you hear it's time for cum shots which basically means the scene is 90 percent done you are you are jumping for joy inside uh all you literally have to do is get yourself to come and come so that being said it can be tricky um, a lot of people get a little bit of stage fright, come fright, whatever it is, um, because 90% of the time that cum shot is staged. It's very rarely just, um, uh, I think I remember one time I was filming early this year. It was a buy scene. It was me. It was a girl named Cammie Quartz, and it was me, Cammie Quartz, and I think it was uh, Damien. Oh, he's a, he's a pretty big name. Damien. Damien, he's, you know, he's a gay porn star. Uh, and, um, my cum shot was, I was going to be fucking her 
missionary until I had to come and I was going to pull out and shoot. That was probably the only time in porn I was able to fuck someone until I organically had to come. And when I felt myself close, tell the cameras, I'm close, I'm close, I'm close. They ran into position and I was able to then fuck for another 10 seconds, pull out, just like as if I pulled pulled some girl at the bar and brought her home and fucked her until I busted and basically pulled out and busted. Um, other than that, it's always been staged. And I, I usually need my phone to get myself close. Um, Whatever position the cum shot is going to be in, I will keep myself in that position. Meaning, like, whether maybe I'm laying on the bed, maybe I'm above the person, maybe I'm um, kneeling on the side of the bed, maybe I'm straddling their face, whatever it is. I will keep myself there because once I start to feel the, the rush, you know, the, 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 that, that desire, that rush of desire through the body, I don't want to reposition myself. <laughs> I want to be exactly where I need to be. The only thing I want to have to worry about is, A, I've got to ditch the phone because it, the phone can't be in the shot, and, B, I've got to let the camera people know, whether it's one or two camera people, need to let them know that I am about 10 seconds out from shooting. That's all they need, uh, about 10 seconds of, of a buildup, of a natural buildup, and then I can – and then they can they can focus in on the actual release. So my focus. So I, I like to keep myself in position uh, of where the of where the staged cum shot is going to be, and uh, I like to uh, use some porn on my phone to just something hot, whatever it is, to uh, get myself close. And then it just takes that that professional skill of being able to. At a certain point, you're going to have to ditch the phone. The visual is going to disappear. You've got to let the camera know that you're close. Um, and uh, they don't really care if it takes more than 10 minutes. As long as you can let them know at least 10 minutes, 10, not 10 minutes, 10 seconds out that you're going to come. Uh, that's all that matters. If they have to stand there for 30 seconds or 40 seconds, that's fine. Um, and then uh, I think everyone has, every, every performer has got something, some spank bank in their head that they can just retrieve. At a, at, a, at a heightened moment, and it'll just cause them to hit the mountaintop and just explode. And you just, you call upon it, and it works every time. So that's usually my, uh, my uh, this is getting real personal, huh? Yeah, that's usually my very personal, very private, very, uh, this is how Ricky shoots his cum shot type lead up. Uh, and it works in almost every single scene. Other than that one scene that I explained earlier, so yes, yeah, yeah, it is an it is a process, it is an effort, it is, it's. But trust me, when you hear that it's come shot time, you're happy because this is cake compared <laughs> to all the physical work you've had to do to make all of that all of that footage to yeah. make the magic happen for the viewers. Yeah, no, I completely understand. I think the listeners sometimes forget all the stuff that goes into making a scene. I mean, it really isn't, for the most part, unless you're shooting stuff in the amateur style kind of way. And even those, I mean, I feel like a lot of effort is put into still making it look good. The different takes, the different positions, the different angles. I mean, it isn't just, you know, a 15-minute scene. It's it's a whole shebang to make it happen. 
hours of making it multiple angles making it look good taking breaks people go soft people need a break people hurt things get dirty you know um i don't know it's just you just need a break i mean it's a lot of paling it you know a lot of ramming and rotting and just um screaming you gotta be loud you get thirsty things cramp up you know um you gotta hydrate um yeah it's 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 a lot of work it really is uh and so is the cum shot the cum shot is hard to nail some models they just you know they get that kind of they get in their head about it i've heard it a lot they get in their head and they can't they can't orgasm and um a lot of studios really don't aren't in the business of faking orgasms it's not something that they really want to have to do because nothing beats a nice natural release caught on camera so that's what everyone wants to see right so you know it's 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 tricky i like to consider myself probably one of the better models at it i think i've got a good solid little little routine i do you know when it comes time for my cum shot and uh i do it and it works like a charm almost all the time so um no it's not natural come shots these are not these are the most unnatural this is probably the most unnatural part of the whole scene it's it's all staged it's all just give me some silence just let me just, just give me give me a minute you know i'll let you know when i'm ready you know type that's what it is so yeah let's shift away from the scene work and let's talk a little bit more about you directly how often do you work out? And now that you are a content creator that, as you said, you know, consistently is updating, you know, is always taking pictures or doing some solo stuff as you sort of wait to shoot the hardcore action for your OnlyFans, do you find yourself now a little bit more cognizant of your physique and your physicality to make sure that everything looks good for the camera? Oh, 100%. Yes. Yeah. I'm back on my, I'm back dieting, working out six days a week. I have to keep myself, I have to keep weight from creeping on, you know, I've got to show the abs, you know, got to take care of my skin, you know, can't be getting uh, into bar fights and punched in the face. (laughs) I have to, yeah, I have to moderate things. I have to maintain an image. Um, I have to look like a model again. So yeah, no, I can't, I can't let, yeah, you're right, I, I, fitness is huge, I mean, it's never been, fitness is my life, you know, if I had to figure out what was my biggest passion in life, it's fitness, you know, it comes, it just comes to me, I know how to gain weight, I know how to lose weight, I know all these things, I know how to be healthy, you know, uh, I know how to run a little, I know how to run a tight ship here when it comes to my physical fitness, so, but I have to do it and I, and I'll do it and I do it and I'm doing it now. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking great right now. I feel great right now. Um, I told myself, I've always felt like I've was, I've, I've looked my best all in all when I was in my one nineties and I am sitting at one ninety now. So I'm pretty, pretty lean, you know, I, I would say, and I don't take any steroids or hormones or anything, uh, unnatural. Um, I'm, I'm very big on right now. I, I want to be natural uh, until I can't anymore. And um, no TRT, no replacement therapy, nothing. I'm, I am, I am all about just health and uh, natural remedies and sources of 
of of, of testosterone um, support and um, HGH support and uh, I don't even do pre-workout. Uh, I just, just a little bit of caffeine, good to go. Um, I'm huge on ashwagandha. Um, I'm huge on uh, horny goat weed. I take that daily. Um, it helps with, I think, a, just a healthy libido. I recommend that to anyone. Um, it's not like Viagra where, you know, you have to take before, right before sex. Uh, horny goat weed you could take every day. Um, there's another one called Tonkat Ali. Tonkat Ali. Uh, another daily uh, male sexual tonic. Uh, uh, you, you, can, uh, you can take uh, for good health. Um, let's see what else do I, what else am I big on? All natural stuff. Uh, I take a, uh, a natural testosterone support pill, basically a bunch of herbs like maca, fedoja, fenugreek, ashwagandha. Um, I take a natural HGH, uh, support pill. Um, uh, right now it's... It's basically arginine, maca, hawthornberry, uh, macuna. It's a velvet bean seed. Um, all, I'm all about the natural stuff right now. And uh, um, I take a fat burner, um, which I buy at a local store. It's got some caffeine in it. It's got willow bark in it. And it's got a little bit. Of, it's got 25 milligrams of ephedra, which... Um, Taken off the market for a while. Very powerful fat burner, but um, it's not nearly the amount that was recalled back in the day. It's just a very 25 milligrams per pill, one a day. So, um, yeah, I'm, uh, that's my approach to uh, supplementation right now. Diet-wise, high-protein diet, low-carb. My body loves low-carb diets, and my body loves fasting. A lot of people can't fast. I, I can, I can, fa- my life loves fasting. Yeah, I, I do it. I have no problem with it. Just during baths, I just drink coffee, water, tea, um, electrolytes, BCAs, anything with no calories in it. Um, and, um, man, I love it. When I, when I, when I go on fasting regimens, I, uh, I, the, that extra water weight and bloat and, yeah, sure. Some 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 pounds of fat too. They just melt. Um, I love it. So it's not for everyone. Some people they need to eat in the morning. They need to eat before bed. They need to eat throughout the day. You know that I don't do that. I have right now. I'm I'm doing two meals a day. That's it. And for someone as active as me, as a muscle a guy that wants to serve an above average amount of muscle, I mean that is tough to do. I have to. I only get two shots out of the day to get my protein in, get whatever carbs or fats I wanted in, and that is it. The rest of the day, it is no calories being consumed. So it works for me, and you have to always find what works for you. Um, and, yeah, sure, I know obviously a lot of models are, are on gear, are on juice, dope, whatever, you know, and that's the path they want to choose. I, I, I get it. I understand. It, it makes your life a lot easier when you're at, at an enhanced uh, hormonal level. <laughs> For sure, but uh, I'm trying to do this naturally, and uh, I pride myself on it, and uh, I think I look pretty good for a natural model, and um, yeah, and so I. that being said, I have to, if you want to do it the natural way in your 30s, you got to hone in on everything.
you got to know what's going in and what's going out. So, yeah. Since we're on the topic of your physique, I am curious to ask, what part of your body gets the most attention on social media? What body part seems to get a lot of love from your fans? My arms and my dick. I have a big dick. Let's admit it. I do. You know, let's let's talk about the elephant in the room. I have a nice fucking dick. Um, I have a nice butt too, but I don't really do a whole lot of butt pics. I don't like. I don't. I don't. My my butt is like pale white. <laughs> I don't. Um, I stopped going to tanning salons and all that. I just, such a money grab. I I don't want. You know. I just. I I used to do it, but God, man. And some of them, they get you. Like, it's so hard to get out of it. The the membership, you know. Uh, one time I was stuck paying one for an entire year. I didn't know what I signed up for. And uh, so I, uh, I, you know, I don't like showing my pale ass, hairy pale ass a lot. Um, but I like showing off my dick and my arms. We get a lot of love. My arms are just naturally ripped and de- overly developed. I have one of those biceps that just peaks like a, like a freaking baseball, you know, um, full, you can see the full breadth of it. Sometimes you can even see the bicep, the, the, the decision line, uh, that, that runs alongside the peak that separates the two bicep heads. Uh, and then tricep, you can see three heads when I flex my tricep, uh, great arm definition. Um, and, um, yeah, so my, my arms are always a, a great, go-to i think that they're very masculine very very defined very developed overly developed arms and i don't have to do a whole lot of arm work for i mean it just comes naturally i you know i just have i'm just blessed with genetically developed arms and uh a nice dick um everything else i have to work for i mean legs i have to work for i do a lot of leg a lot a lot of leg work um but they're there i mean i'm very well proportioned um Shoulders. I have a bad shoulder, man. I have a I have a shoulder impingement. I mean, I'm very limited in just amount of shoulder volume I can do each week because I don't. I want to be healthy. I want to, you know, I want to be. I don't want to be, you know, having to constantly rehab my shoulder problem. So shoulders are limited, and chest. Man, I used to have some gyno in my chest. I had to pay five thousand dollars to get that removed through a cosmetic procedure. But I mean, it, it, it's never gonna look. I mean, I have a good, I have a, I have a nice chest, but I, it's never gonna look perfect. I mean, it just isn't. You know, it looks better than it did when I had the gyno in there. But you know, it's just, it's never gonna look. It's always gonna look a little, a little loose. So you know, that's never gonna. I'm never gonna have some like Arnold Schwarzenegger level chest. And abs, forget it. That's like my weakness. I mean, I have to diet so hard and do cardio just to have abs that show. So. I was never someone who was blessed with just a rippled six-pack, you know, could have five beers and wake up the next morning and just abs popping. So, you know, abs have always been a struggle. So, but arms, man, they've been that steady, that steady northern star really for me. To shave or not to shave, that is the question. And I'm talking about not just facial hair, but, you know, body hair, manscaping, all that kind of stuff manscaping never full shave i can't i'm i'm latino i'm never gonna win that hair battle 
Um, might as well just let my, I have hair everywhere. There is no part of my body that's shaven smooth. So if you like hair, uh, you'll like me. Now, as we start wrapping things up, I do have a set of questions that are sort of pop culture oriented that uh, will allow the listeners and your fans to get to know some of your current favorites. So uh, the first question is, what are five of your most favorite television shows? Oh, wow. Um, five favorite television shows. Um, I loved, let's see, a lot of them are kind of done with. Well, okay, let's see. One's active right now, Impractical Jokers. I love Impractical Jokers. Um, uh, big Lord of the Rings guy, so Rings of Power on Amazon Prime. Love that. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, three. Um, yes, I am from Jersey. I still watch the Jersey Shore. I'll give it. Although I think the product is heavily declined. For And then uh, Food Network's Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. That's five. That rounds out to five. For pop culture, non-political, non-sport, non-talent-based shows. Those are my those are my top. But so obviously I, I like a lot of reality TV. I I don't really like a lot of the fictional drama product that's out there anymore. I think it's taken a huge downturn. Who are four of your all time favorite music artists? All time favorite music artists. Let's see. Um Frank Sinatra. Elvis Presley, um, Def Leppard, three, and let's think of someone who I really love, like as of the past ten years. <laughs> those are those are those are kind of old. Um, I'd say Luke Bryan. What are three of your most favorite films? It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, um, The Pursuit of Happiness, um, and The Godfather. What are two foods you can't live without? Steak and pizza. Oh, that was fast. You had that on the tip of your tongue. <laughs> it's probably because I haven't eaten yet today, and as soon as we're done with this, I'm going to finally eat. So I'll oh, right. about it. And what is one of your guilty pleasures? Wine. I can drink wine. Do you have a favorite? Pinot Grigio. All right, all right. What are you currently binging? What are you currently binge watching? Not a binger. Not a binger, but I am catching up on Rings of Power. I'm behind on that. Okay. But not a binger, anti-binger here. I will purposely make myself wait four, five, six days before I watch another episode. Uh, I'm, I'm a cancer. I get emotionally charged by things that may be insignificant to other people. And sometimes it's just a show that's heavy and intense. It's just a little bit overload for me. I need to space it out so that I can properly digest it all. 
What's next for Ricky Decker? What can the listeners expect from you in the near future? What should they be on the lookout for? Um, if you're living in the Arizona area, specifically the Phoenix area, and you're trying to buy or sell property, I just might be your next realtor. That's right. I am currently preparing for my Arizona State real estate exam. That's what's up. Major props for that. Uh, hopefully that is very successful for you. I sure hope so, because I'm going to need a plan B after this. That is for sure. How can your fans reach you? Where can they find you on the web, social media, your OnlyFans? Hook them up with everything that they need to know in regards to how they can find Ricky Decker online. Simple. Everything that you need to know about me, every contact or web page I have, every service I provide, is all can all be found on my Twitter. At Ricky, R-I-C-K-Y, Decker, D-E-C-K-E-R, 11, 1-1. One, one. Ricky Decker, 11. Perfect. All right. Well, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to your fans and supporters that are listening right now? Yeah, I want everyone who's listening or hasn't listened, you're missing out. Um, Poppy Julie, you've been a great host. Um, I'd be more than happy to come on your show whenever. Uh, I do want to say thank you to all my fans and all the support, all the people who are subscribing to my uh, my OnlyFans and following me on Twitter during this kind of transitional, formative period. Thank you for your patience and your loyalty. Um, it means a lot. Um, it really does. Um, and uh, I just I couldn't say it enough. Fantastic. And, and uh, Ricky, I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview. Thank you. You're welcome. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into One on One with Papi Chulo. Before we go, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Thank you for downloading One on One with Papi Chulo. Here are a few helpful reminders. For more information on One on One with Papi Chulo, visit poppychuloradio.com slash after dark. Follow Poppy Chulo on Twitter at twitter.com slash Poppy Chulo one on one. That's at Poppy Chulo. The number one. The word on. And the number one. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Back to you, Poppy Chulo. Thanks, announcer. And with that, Ricky Decker and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Good night. Let's go. Thanks for listening to One on One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. 
Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio. And like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week. <laughs>